Okay, hello, and welcome to Sometimes in Shambles. My name is Melissa, and this is my podcast. This is another mini episode or mini sode. Um, I just film filmed. I just recorded the anxiety episode with my friend Brittany, which when this mini sode is released, it would have probably been like two or three weeks ago. Um, but I just recorded that episode today. I know timelines with podcasts are really weird, but after doing that episode, I just really felt, um, like I was on a roll. So I wanted to just record this episode and get it out there. So this mini-sode is going to be about triggers and therapy. Yeah. So pretty much with triggers, I'm just going to be talking about my personal triggers and examples of what that looks like. So you can get a better understanding of what they are. And then with therapy, I'm going to go over like finding a therapist, things that I did to help me find the right one, things that you should be aware of and red flags regarding that. And so hopefully it this episode will help you be more aware of your triggers as well as help you find a therapist if you're looking for one. I also have not done a solo episode in a while, so it's kind of weird. I'm talking to no one again. I have had a lot of anxiety the last couple of days, and so this episode might be a little bit hard for me. I I don't know why all the solo ones that I do, I cry. But I'm going to try not to cry because when I was writing the outline for this, I was actually kind of like tearing up because I mean, I'm talking about my triggers, which trigger me. So it is a little bit hard, but I think on top of that, I'm already anxious about a lot of things and I have been triggered the last couple of days and my heart is beating really fast right now. So let's just get into this. What are triggers? I did mention this in the anxiety episode that I did with Brittany. Triggers are just something, whether it's just a, th- a thing that happens or a scenario that happens or something someone says or does that essentially triggers you and triggers your anxiety or depression or thoughts leading into an episode that you might have. Um, That's the best way that I know how to explain it. Okay, the definition online says cause an event or situation to happen or exist. An allergy can be triggered by stress or overwork. That's their example that it gives. Um, And I think I just want to say that like in our society today and our just our culture Um, YouTube culture, Instagram culture, all of that stuff. I feel that people use the word trigger as like a joke. Like someone might make a reference to food and then someone will be like, oh, I'm triggered. Like because they're, they think that they are overweight or something like that where it's like a joke. But triggers are actually very real and like they're kind of serious. So this weekend I've had a lot of anxiety because a lot of my triggers happened in one in one night and it's had a long a long effect on me. It's not like I was triggered and then an hour later I was fine. I'm still having effects on it right now and I'm pretty sure that I will be affected for like the next week because of one thing that happened to me. 
So I'm going to go into just talking about my specific triggers and examples of that. And hopefully I don't sound crazy. I have a lot of little ones, but these are just like my big, bigger ones. So I've talked about this over and over and over again. My biggest um, trigger that comes up the most for me is isolation and being ignored. And when I say isolation, I don't mean me being home alone because that's, that's not the type of isolation that I'm talking about. It's more isolation that other people put me in or like isolated by other people. Anything that makes me feel like I'm being ganged up on, made fun of, there's some kind of inside joke that everyone knows about except me, or that everyone has a joke about me that I don't know about. Um, This is very on brand for anxiety, I think, where you just constantly feel like other people are talking about you, making fun of you. It's kind of plays into paranoia. You're just like paranoid that people have something against you. The root of this, I think, is usually when I'm in a situation where I'm around people that I don't know, where let's say there's like a group of best friends and then I start hanging out with them, I feel isolated already to begin with because I'm not in their initial group of friends. So like this last weekend, what triggered me there were, there were a couple of things that triggered me and I talked about this in that episode, but I'm just going to say it again. There were coworkers that were hanging out and one of them I'd never hung out with and he had a friend who I'd never met before. Um, another one I had only hung out with one other time. The other one I hang, I hang out with quite often and I am friends with her. So they were all, and then there was another coworker that I've hung out with a couple of times and her boyfriend and a couple other people that I didn't know. So it was like a fairly big group that I was meeting and they all went to a comedy show earlier in the night that I didn't go to and then I was meeting them afterwards to go out and I was already having anxiety about that because I felt like I was an afterthought and it was kind of like, oh yeah, like um, you can come out with us. I don't know, it just though, I don't know. I, uh, I'm rubbing my collarbone if you remember from that episode because I'm very anxious. Um, how do I explain this? It's nothing to do with, with those people. It's just me projecting my thoughts on what is happening in the, in that situation. So I already had anxiety about meeting them. So I show up, meet them, everything's fine and normal. And then we kind of separate, (coughs) the group kind of separates and it ends up being the one coworker I've never hung out with, the one I hung out with once, and then the other one who I've hung out with a lot and all three of them I two of them are like best friends and all three of them just are like buddy buddy you know because they've been working together for a long time and I've only been working there for like two months so I don't even like really feel like I fit in anywhere and anyway we were at an arcade and they're just like playing games and I felt like this sounds when I talk about this I feel like I sound like a baby and like, oh, they didn't want to play with me. Like, wham, boo me. Um, So I feel really annoying and like self-pity and woe is me when I talk about this. But there's no other way to put it. But I felt ignored. I felt like no one was wanted to play games with me. Like they, they had their own thing and kind of like 
I kind of felt like I was invisible. Like if I wasn't there, they wouldn't even have noticed. And that that's just such a huge trigger for me. I don't know how else to explain it other than it affected me to the point where like I wanted to cry and I wanted to go home. I wanted to leave. I didn't want to be there because if you feel like people don't care that you're there, then you're, you're not going to want to be there. And that's like kind of how I felt. Like they just didn't care if I was there or not there, which is not true at all. And again, I'm not saying anything bad about them because I love them, but that's just how I was feeling in the moment. So then there was another coworker that had, he had been at the other bar and then he finally came and met us at that bar. And so me and him like started talking and then we went off and like played our own game. And that was when the night kind of turned around and I didn't know him at all. So it's not particularly specified to strangers because I think I am an extrovert by nature and I make friends really easily with other people. It's just being put in a, in like a ganged up situation where everyone's friends and I'm the odd man out. So when it was just me and the other coworker and we went off and like played games by ourselves, it turned it around because like I was actually having fun. Someone wanted to talk to me. Someone wanted to play games with me. And it was just like, it was a lot more fun for me. That was like a long drawn out example, but that's what I mean by like being ignored or isolation. So that's that one. And also if I think that people are like talking about me, it it's like very detrimental to my self-confidence. And that's the last couple of weeks, that's where I've been at is for some reason, my self-confidence has been like non-existent. I have not had confidence at all. Um, every morning I get dressed like 10 times because I don't think that I look good in anything. I don't feel comfortable in anything. I feel like I'm being crazy. Like I'm talking too much to coworkers or I'm just like being annoying or people don't want to be around me. And all of that is associated to mental health. And I'm not using that as an excuse because that's just what it is. And it's like hard for me to like climb back up to a sense of confidence. Yeah. So the next one is dating. I've said that a couple times also that dating is a trigger for me. And I don't want people to be, I feel like when I tell people dating is a trigger for me, it kind of turns into like, well, I'm not going to date you then because dating is a trigger for you. And it sounds like a lot. But I think with this, it's just that you, when I date someone, I need them to know what I need from them. So words of affirmation is my number one love language because dating is a trigger for me. So it's a trigger because not knowing how the other person feels about me or what their level of interest is gives me anxiety. Um, not having words of affirmation about anything such as if they like me compliments, supporting me about anything that I'm doing at the, at that time in my life, being kept in the loop of what's with what's going on with them. So an example of that is like, if I'm dating someone and they say, I'm busy this weekend, that triggers my anxiety. 
um, because I feel like they're keeping something from me because they weren't specific. And then my mind wanders and is like, okay, well, they're busy doing what? Like, are they seeing somebody else, going on dates, going behind my back, doing something? So, and like, it's way better for me to have them say like, this is what I'm doing this weekend. I have dinner plans with family. I'm going climbing with friends for a couple of days, or I have a lot of studying to do and I can't be distracted. Things like that are so much more helpful to me than just saying like, oh, I can't hang out tonight. Like, okay, well, why? And it makes me sound crazy. It makes me sound like I am very attached or like I I need to know everything that's going on and like I don't trust that person. And it's not that I don't trust that person. It's just that people in the past have betrayed my trust. And so it has made me put up a wall around people and be more cautious, I guess. I don't know. I feel crazy. But yeah, like I dated a guy once who I literally don't remember a single time while we were dating. I think we dated for like three months that he ever complimented me. He never said that he liked me, like actually said the words that he liked me. Um, He never said anything like that. And that it's just like constant worry. Like, okay, well, how much does he like me? Like, does he even like me? I don't know. So that kind of stuff is triggering to me and just not knowing. I think I wrote, I wrote something else. Oh, um, also being anxious around like meeting a new guy on a blind date or dating app and nervous if they like me more than I like them. When is the first kiss going to happen? And like, what if I don't want to kiss them? Then what happens? Just the whole, everything about about and around dating is very stressful to me and that's why right now well this episode is going to be released in a couple of weeks but that's why right now I just kind of stepped back from dating because I think I would much rather have something happen naturally and in person because well I would much rather just meet somebody, be friends with them, and then maybe date them because it happens more naturally and I don't have to have those pressures of are we in a kiss because this is the first date or I don't know. It's just I want something more natural to happen right now. And so I kind of took a break on like dating apps and setting up all these blind dates because it's a lot. So the next one is the one that I kind of don't talk about a lot because I think it's the most vulnerable thing for me and it's very god damn it I'm already tearing up and what the hell um people calling me selfish is very triggering for me where I just shut down completely like the other ones um I kind of, it kind of builds up and it's happening and I know it's happening and I can kind of remove myself from the situation or talk to somebody and tell them like, Hey, I don't like that. This is going on, whatever it is. But people calling me selfish is like on a, another level for me. Um, it, it's a long story of the background and I know what it is. I've kind of worked through it a little bit in therapy, but therapy is just like a very long process. But a short story, I had a fight with my mom like back in 2015 and it was the worst fight that we have ever had. And I didn't talk to her for 
like probably like a month we weren't really talking after that happened and i'm very well i think that i'm very close with my mom and we have a, a pretty good relationship and we are very similar so this fight was just like very um not normal um but when the fight happened i just remember that she was constantly calling me selfish through the fight and i think that's the first time that someone like told me that i was selfish and whether that was true or not i believed it and since then i've just been very sensitive with caring about other people and i am constantly like when i say constant constantly aware of if i'm asking other people how their day is, what they did that weekend, what are they doing that weekend, telling them to have a good weekend or a good day, being appreciative, saying thank you. Um, I literally am constantly thinking about that. If I am just texting anybody and we're in a conversation, I have to like mentally be like, oh my God, I need to ask them about their day. And It just doesn't come naturally to me. So it's something that I constantly have to think about and make a conscious effort to do. And I think since 2015, I've worked very, very hard the last couple of years to improve that. And I feel like I've made incredible improvements. But when I have friends that make a small comment or even hints towards me being a bad friend or being selfish, I just shut down and become very hard on myself thinking that I've made no progress at all and I feel like a failure and that part is like what what hurts the most is like I've tried so hard to like make these improvements and be such a good person and care about other people and be interested in what they have to say and listen to what they have to say and respond to that and like be a good friend and i still have people like making hints towards me being um selfish or being a bad friend and it just is so hurtful because I've tried so hard to not be that. So yeah, this is like the scariest thing I've ever talked about on this podcast because I don't know why it's just like the most triggering thing for me. And I don't talk about it a lot because I don't want to like plant the seed to people that I've had like problems with that in the past. So those are like my main triggers And those are our more general ones. I think other triggers can be just name calling. I don't know what else, but I think you get the point. I think it's important to talk about them and to be more aware. And it it helps so much when you know what your triggers are. And you can become more aware what makes you anxious. And if you don't know what your triggers are, that's that's all all you have to pay attention to is when you're anxious or depressed what why what happened that made you feel a certain way that's different than your normal everyday feeling and they're usually just think about on a broader spectrum like don't think about 
I don't know, maybe an, an example is for dating, for me, if I had a panic attack, why did I have that panic attack? Who was I just texting? Or what happened earlier in the week? Or what was very consistent during that week? And so maybe it was that someone that I was dating just wasn't being as communicative as I want them to be. And you just want to be aware when there's a change in how you're feeling and what caused that. And that's usually your trigger, especially if it happens repeatedly and the same thing is making you feel the same way. Okay, so moving on to therapy. I am really excited to talk about this because I won't cry talking about therapy, hopefully. Okay. Again, I just want to reiterate that I am not trained in mental health, nor do I have any qualifications surrounding it. These are just based on my experiences and what I've noticed when being in therapy or looking for a therapist. Um, So finding a therapist, this is what I did the most recent time when finding a therapist is I just did a Google search for therapists and then I started looking at people who were specified, who had a, a specification, I guess, in depression or anxiety because that's what, that's my main thing that I need to focus on or wanted to focus on in therapy. Most therapists are specified in a field such as like marriage and dating counseling, LGBTQ, PTSD, things like that. So when I, when looking for them, I would look at their name and then what they're specified in. And I wanted to make sure that they had experience with anxiety and or depression. Um, I knew that I didn't want someone who was very like one-sided Mormon, pretty much. To put it bluntly, I, I didn't want that. So either someone who wasn't very active or judgy or just someone who wasn't religious because I've had an LDS therapist in the past through LDS services and it was very religion-based, which is just not what I wanted this time um, since a lot of the things that I need therapy on are pertaining to me leaving the church. And I felt like I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to talk to someone who was a member about leaving the church because one, they've never experienced that and two, they wouldn't be okay with the fact that I left the church. And it's just a huge thing. So of course they don't list their religion like on any websites or anything. And this might be a weird thing, but the way that I kind of, I was very um, judgy and judged a book by its cover when doing this because I just looked at their pictures. And I feel like some, I could just tell like they were Mormon. And if they were, then I strayed from them. So I don't know, take what you want from that. (laughs) So the therapist that I ended up going with had her own website and on the website, she had interviews that she had done like on like talk shows and stuff like that. So I could watch those interviews and and get a sense for how she talks about things and kind of like her style of therapy. So there's talk therapy, there's EMDR, there's both. Some therapists only do one one type of therapy um, or some just know how to to do multiple 
way multiple styles of therapy and they just find a method that works for you um emdr is eye, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing it's a psychotherapy treatment and with my therapist i use that i do talk therapy and emdr and emdr is very different and it's it has been i kind of had to go to therapy on how to use emdr for therapy because it was really hard for me to get used to and i'm still kind of not used to it but that's kind of for more like long-term things or things in the past that i've kind of repressed a little bit and kind of rewiring your brain to not have those situations that happened to you in the past be a trigger for you now um so it's just like very hard for me to to get through so right now in therapy i kind of am just going through if something is bothering me through that week or something happened a specific event we my therapist kind of leaves it up to me what I want to talk about or if I want to jump back into EMDR therapy and go back to some stuff in high school that we've been working on another thing is like if my insurance covered it which I actually didn't know until my first session and then the next thing is that first session. So I went ahead and made an appointment because I felt pretty good about her. So I made a session, uh, an appointment. And then the first session is like a, tri- a trial run. So if the first session is where you should be looking for all the red flags or if you feel good about it, etc. And it's okay after the first session to say, I don't think that this is for me. And like, you can do whatever you want to break up with your therapist. Like you can you can make something up and say like therapy's just not right for you right now or you can just be honest and be like I'm sorry, I just don't think that you're the therapist for me. That happens to therapists all the time. Like they get bright, broken up with and it's okay. They they won't be offended because they want what's best for you. So don't feel like you have to stay with a therapist just because you're you're already there and you're already doing it. So some things to keep in mind when figuring out if a therapist is right for you is are you comfortable in the environment, even where it's located, if you are okay with driving far away or in the neighborhood that it's in. I've talked about this before, but like one therapist that I went to, I only went a couple times and I was not comfortable in her office at all. And it was, it really makes a difference the environment that you're in. You want to be comfortable where you are at. Then then another thing is, do you tell them everything? Even if I think it might be small or dumb or not related to anything we're talking about, I tell my therapist. So even if this is like a little TMI, but like I've been really stressed out about my health lately. I'm not going to go into details about that, but I've been just like very concerned and stressed out about it lately. And I just like told her that even though she's not a medical doctor or anything I'm just like I think that this might be a cause and like this is my health or like something that I think is dumb such as a coworker gave me a dirty look 
I'll tell my therapist that. And I just think you have to be comfortable telling them literally anything. And if you aren't, then they probably aren't the best fit for you. If like, if you feel like you're holding back anything or you have something you want to say, but you're like, ugh, I don't really want to tell them, then that's probably not a good sign. And then another thing to look at is what kind of responses or advice or homework do they give you? My therapist gives me reading suggestions she thinks that I'll like. She sends me articles throughout the week. Um, She gives me podcast suggestions like when I start a new job. And she also always remembers every little thing that I mention. Even if I don't remember that I told her, she somehow remembers it. Like I think that's very important that they remember things. And then another thing is, do you feel like you're making progress? So if you're with a therapist for a little while and you don't feel like you're making progress, then it's okay to switch therapists. Um, and also you can ask them. I've, I ask my therapist very frequently if she feels like I'm making progress and, um, we talk about it. You know, we talk about like, if I feel like I'm making progress, if she feels like I'm making progress, what that progress looks like. Um, because that's, that's your main goal in therapy is to get better or learn how to manage your mental health or whatever you're going to therapy for. The red flags, I'll just list them again really quickly. I've talked about them before, but not comfortable in the office, holding back some things from them. They don't remember what you said in previous sessions. They are giving you advice that you don't agree with, or you have different views on a subject than them. That's not always a bad thing, but if they're saying a lot of things that you weren't even thinking in the first place, it could be making your situation worse. An example of that is like if you're saying something is making you feel anxious and then they give a reason for it, but you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Now I'm anxious about that. That's probably not a good sign. And I'm not saying with these things, then you, if it happens one time, you immediately switch therapists, just bring it up to them and just say, Oh, I wasn't thinking about that, but that's making me more anxious. A good example of that is in my last session, um, we were talking about my podcast and social media and how I've just like had a lot of anxiety and a lot of difficulties with those things. And she suggested taking a 30 day break from Instagram. And I immediately got anxiety about that because social media is like a marketing platform for me and just like a a way that I interact with people. And so I just told her, well, she asked me actually, she was like, how does that make you feel? And I told her, I was like, that gives me incredible amount of anxiety. And she's like, okay, maybe just try cutting back your time every day on it. So we just came up with another solution that didn't give me anxiety um, rather than me just being like, no, I don't want to do that. I like, I'm going to find another therapist. So you don't have to go like extreme. And then if you feel like you're being judged by them, that is not good at all. Like you want to feel like it's, it's a relationship. Like I call my therapist my best friend because I tell her everything. She gives great advice. She makes me feel validated. Um, 
She validates everything that I'm going through. She never makes me feel crazy. She never makes me feel judged or like I'm annoying or anything like that. And that's why I think therapy is so great because I have all of those worries when I tell friends or family or like I'm complaining to them about something. I feel like I'm being annoying or they don't want to hear this. Um, but with therapy, like they, you're literally paying them to listen to you and they can't spread rumors about you they can't go off and tell anybody like legally they can't do that so it's just a safe space for me to talk about whatever i want to talk about and not feel judged or annoying or even just worrying about what they are thinking because your therapist should be open and honest with what they're thinking so hopefully that makes sense that's pretty much the end of the episode. That's all that I have to say. Mental health is a lot, especially these these topics themselves. Triggers and therapy is a lot. Like there's a lot to say on it. It's individualized heavily. So good luck <laughs> with everything. As always, you can email me at sometimes in shambles podcast at gmail.com. Email me if you need me to elaborate on finding a therapist or you have questions about it. Email me if you just want to talk about your triggers or I don't know. You can just email me about anything and I will do my best to help you out. And if you don't want to email, because a lot of people don't use email, you can DM me at sometimes in shambles on instagram you can dm me my twitter is shambles pod shambles pod um that's my twitter yeah those are my socials so you can reach me on any of those platforms if you feel like you want to talk about any of these topics or if you have anything to share that i didn't say you can share with share it with me and I can share that on the podcast with everybody on the next episode. So thanks for listening to this mini-sode on triggers and therapy. Um, have a good day, you guys. Or a good night. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Sometimes in Shambles. The intro music was done by my friend Lucas Kathy, and the artwork was done by me, myself, Melissa. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.